like the Teen Jesus and the Gene Teasers album? Uh, we I definitely did something by them. I, I, I know no, the name. No, I think we talked about it, but it was an EP. So I don't think we yeah. ever did much with it. They were a bit like um, the Spazzies or one of those kind of right. Ramonesy um, early punk, but also with a wink to 50s pop kind of look, uh, act. But I think that they must be due for an album. They haven't got one yet that I know of. Hmm, okay. Great band name, though. Really good. Mm-hmm. That's a really good yeah, band really name. Yeah, really good. Always reminds me of the Jesus, the Jesus and the Mary Chain, which I, yeah. I got wrong for so many years that now I have to think. You still got it wrong. It's it, it's the Jesus and Mary Chain. Is it? It's not Jesus and the Mary Chain. Oh, man, I've got it wrong in my head again. No, no, it, it's the Jesus Lizard. It's the Super <laughs> Jesus, but it's the Jesus and Mary Chain. And, and Jesus Jones. Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's comic timing. That's Bezo. I'm Doc. This is Tripping Balls. It's a music podcast. We review new music uh, in an old way. Shall we go straight from Jesus to the coffin? Shall we go? (laughs) Just just fucking hammer it together out of the crucifix wood. Children of Finland fighting in Norway. Um, because they're from the northern beaches of Sydney. Because that makes my, sense. My first thought when I heard this was... Burn it with fire? Uh, no. <laughs> um, does Wide World of Sports still come on on a Sunday afternoon? Because this is no, exactly this, the sort of music you want to play over. far it. too rough as guts for, for that. Oh, they no, they no, love the no. Joe Satriani bullshit wank guitar solo clean as hell. Yeah. This was... This is rough as guts. This is Cosmic Psycho's Powder Monkeys era kind of um, Aussie pub punk with a dash of that Scandinavian shit. Like, I mean, I'm thinking of The Drippers, who was one of my favourite albums of the year, uh, 2018, 2019, maybe. Um, a lot of it's kind of... Motorhead is the ground zero for this. And, you know, one of the tracks, Lover's Leash, feels very much like Overkill, but... Um, it's um, and there's also elements of fucking beast of bourbon and um, all kinds of uh, uh, it, it kind of nods to bits and pieces of, of, Austra- of Australian pub. That Austra- Australians kind of invented pub rock in that kind of ACDC yeah. angels thing, and that influenced the rest of the world. There's a kind of a weird Venn diagram between those Scandinavian, particularly Swedish um, rock bands. Uh, of, of like the 2000s and Australia I mean there's, there's a there's a band from Finland called Cosmic Boogie Tribe they have an album called We're Not Here to Fuck Spiders which basically sounds exactly like the, the, the Cosmic Psychos because they are they grew up listening to that shit and they thought that's the shit that they want to listen to that's what they wanted to make so it is, there is kind of a weird overlap and um, and Coffin's certainly giving a nod to your Turbo Negros and bands like that as well I enjoyed every second of this album where there wasn't vocals <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the vocal, the vocal is um, rough. Yeah, I mean, I, I really like this. I think it has a real rough charm if you can get past the vocals, uh, and I can understand that maybe some people can't get past their vocals. The, the music is awesome, and I, I wonder how the fuck, how the fuck does he get through two consecutive gigs doing this to his vocals? Mm. Uh, does well, he sit around? Winnie Blues and, and Jim I, Beam being gargled at the same time was still a thing. Uh, no, I, I think it's beyond that. I think he has to gargle like heavy diesel oil like they used freighters that go across the fucking ocean. Having said that, I, I dialed up the, the internet and I got into them, them YouTubes and I found 
the uh, a gig they did at the end more because they they were on a tour with Amel and the Sniffers because of course they were, and it was the last song of their last gig of this tour, and he sounds exactly the fucking same. And I'm like, I don't know how you do it, sir. Maybe you've got uh. fucking acid fucking treated golden plated fucking larynx, but um, he's also the drummer, and he looks like oh, okay. like an it, like a, a like an evil timeline sex pest version of Cram from from Spider Bait, but he's sitting at the back fucking smashing the shit out of the kit and just bellowing this heinous shit into the microphone. Um, it's just the crookest timeline fucking sex pest Cram. Um, but I um I, I don't have an issue with the vocal because it basically just sounds like Tex Perkins hollering through a cement mixer and. Uh, I could set him aside and just enjoy the riffage because the riffage is enormous. It really yeah. is preposterously really, large. Really good music. Yeah. Really good music. And good, and um, it's it's interesting to see, you know, kids in 2023 still cranking this shit. Well, and and the, the, the reason that I said the wild world of sports thing is because I always thought they sort of came into a show with a – like with an, a, a song that had an enormous riff to sort of, you know, to give it that that epic. I know what you mean yeah, about the Santana. But, but smooth, it tended to be the, the, the kind of the smooth 80s kind of shit. Yeah. You know, it didn't, they, they wouldn't have played, they didn't tend to do a lot of kind of ACDC or any of that kind of shit. It tended to be like more like your Bon Jovi's or, or specifically yeah. your Joe Satriani's, your guitar virtuosos of the 80s. They, they loved the shit out of a track called Atomic Playboys by. Uh, Steve Stevens, who I think was the touring guitarist for Journey or something, um, but they used that on the um, on the Formula One for like f- five or ten years or something. It was a really lo- they had this one montage that they that they'd done to this, and they just played the ass out of it. Yeah, but it was the same as like yeah. Sports Tonight used to do that with in the nineties. They, yeah. they had a they loved Hitching a Ride by um, Green Day, and they loved there was one later Chili Peppers song of Californication that they always use for one of their montages and they just kept using this fucking thing over and over again uh, they well, wouldn't have, they wouldn't I, have I, used something anywhere near as hairy ass as this I'm afraid I've told the story he- to you heaps of times I think but the the hoods when they got played on sports tonight it was a it was a real moment right yeah. <laughs> like fuck we've we have hit the mainstream um you know, you know, we're we're the outro. You know, as as the the Broncos score the yeah. try or whatever, going into the break, like that was that was a massive deal um, to to be sort of mainstreamed in that way. Yeah, uh, can't see these guys getting mainstreamed too quickly. I, don't, I can't um, see them wanting to be mainstreamed. They seem nah, to, they seem to enjoy nah. just being uh, ratbag outsiders, uh, and, and you know, it's, imp- these, it's important for their career. These guys. I'd say these guys are like the public school chats. <laughs> they're, they're the chats that, that grew up in fucking Anala, but, not not, yeah, not the Sunshine Coast. Yeah, but they're from the fucking uh, – nearest I can tell they're from the northern beaches of Sydney. So, they're, I mean, yeah, there are okay, some rat bags up there. Either. I mean, property values are, are what they are. But, you know, some people are working class up there. But, you know, basically I feel like Bogan's – Bogandom transcends <laughs> class now. You can be a bogan at any social yeah. station. It's just, it's at what you, you, as as your friend uh, Infamous once said, it's, it's a mind state, not an area code. Yeah, <laughs> you're not raising to the bait on that one, which I which no, I thoroughly no. respect. No, I'm just gonna just just just, just gonna know, pretend that you never. I, heard I'm, me say I'm that. like anyone in the World Cup. I'm gonna let that one go straight through the keeper. Yeah. Um. Tell, tell me about the record company. <sighs> 
Uh, I, I struggled with this one in that. Should the hats have been the giveaway? <laughs> yeah. Because you like, were trying to tell me that they weren't country and there was a, I saw a photo of them with, with one of them with a big hat and I said, I reckon that yeah. hat's trying to tell us something. And when someone tells you who they are, believe them. It's, it's uh, not Cletus, but it's hat adjacent. Yeah, like the, there's a, a, a an old um, Catalyst song, you know, you know, called funk fusion it's you know a tablespoon of jazz and and a little bit of funk and that's what these these guys have a little bit of stuff that i like but then a whole heap of country sort of slathered on top of it yeah and it's really hard to get through because again i think i actually think what have they built musicianship on this is pretty good but yeah. i just don't really like country <laughs> well th- they've built it out of like there's some kind of black crows southern rock like dance yeah. on monday is a good a good example of that there's quite a lot of co- there's a bit of fucking like 1971 stones honky tonk woman brown sugar kind of swagger like bad lights a good example of that but there's yeah, a lot of kind of Nash- here, right? there's a lot of nashville adjacent cletusry it's not quite country but it's it's almost like they pitched it so that this could get played on country radio and, and go big. But it's not like we. It wasn't what they meant to do. Oh, th- this would be this would be Austin, right? Yeah, this- that's why I say Nashville adjacent. Yeah, it wouldn't be. It was not Nashville, but it's like this could end up on on on. Well, apparently they're doing really well on, on what they call the AAA radio chart, which is adult album alternative, which is like a catch-all term for all the stuff. That's too soft for the rock channels and too hard for the pop channels, so it ends yeah. up getting played on both. It's like well, the, what both do to kind used, of yeah. That that used to be college indie, right? You know, college indie was yeah. sort of not not mainstream rock and not R and B pop, but there was a whole bunch of indie bands that didn't fit into that space that sort of toured around college campuses, and that's how they made their living. You know, yeah. and, and that was a fairly wide. You know that that was a wide space to to get into. You know that was Dave Matthews Band, but it was also Weezer, and you know there was a whole bunch of different shit that didn't fit into the the mainstream radio. Yeah. And that you're probably right. These guys, they're not Cletus enough to be in that full Cletus area, and they're not <laughs> rock enough to be in the never go full Cletus. But but I feel like that's a deliberate decision that they've made. Like yeah. we're going to cover all the bases potentially. Having said all that, I mean it's soft Cletus rock. But- they're pretty good with it. This is a solid. Mm. It's all, in terms of song structures and whether they things stick in your head. It's solid. It's likable. It's listenable. Another. Oh, this is going to piss you off. Um, it's interesting that they, they they suggested that this album was a return to form, and by that they meant they dug out all the old broken gear that they made their first album on. So it's almost like there's a whole journey that we weren't privy to where they got big and they got overproduced and they got ludicrous and they were stretching for something and this is them returning to what they actually want to sound like Um, which I'm glad that they've reached that point I'm not sure it's any great artistic achievement but it's I'm interested to know how bad their last album sounded did it just sound like overproduced shit or what Um, but it's interesting because I did read that that bio and it said, you know, they have elements of the Stones, which you can see in this, elements of this and that, and elements of the Stooges. And I'm like, these guys have never sounded like the Stooges in their entire fucking life. This is no. this is a comfortable um, pop rock act with, with country elements. Um, and this is a good album and it's pleasant uh, and it's enjoyable and it probably won't stick with you a terribly long time after you listen to it. But um, Nope. Um, um, I enjoyed it. Yeah, like, uh, 
it's just that 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 twang (laughs) you know it's funny how i had two albums where i sort of appreciated large chunks of them and then it was just the last bit that that made it that i couldn't really you know come down hard as a fan of the album yeah anyway shall we move on to the main event you know raw blood um who have released their fourth album i think Mm. we're up to uh which is called um back to the water below and you've sort of felt that they've had diminishing returns on every album i have and i love their second album and, and, and didn't and, really dig their up. And their I love their one. first album because that was where I, was my entry point. And their first album was darker and and sort of sh- more sharp edged. Their second album I thought was a little bit more washed out, but in hindsight it was it was still quite good. Their third album, which was the one produced by Josh Holm, um, was the one we we laughably called the disco album. Um, and I went back and listened to it this week and. I think we've underplayed just how fucking disco it is because every track is disco. They've, they've just, they have absolutely led into the disco. And this is their fourth album where they've, they've sort of wrenched the reins back of production. And, and we can really hear what they want to sound like. And what they want to sound like is Tiger Cup, which is odd. I, I'm working on a theory that Brighton is the, the Bristol of dirty rock at the moment because you've got D-Mob Happy, Tiger Cub and Royal Blood all in all coming out of Brighton at exactly the same time. They all play on each other's undercards. They're all and increasingly they're all sounding kind of similar to each other. And I went back and listened to because each of them had a new album this year. Tiger Cub had a new album, The Perfume of Decay, which we reviewed on the show. Dimob Happy had a new album, um, Divine Machines, which we reviewed on the show. We've got this uh, Royal Blood album, and we also have what you'd say is the spiritual precursor of all this sound, which is Queens of the Stone Age. And they had a new album this yeah. So I went back and tried to kind of comp them and figure out if there were any emergent themes from it compared to these and also to the, the last Royal Blood album. And listener, I just got fucking confused. <laughs> so in the end, did you enjoy the album though? No. Okay, I did. I actually enjoyed the disco album more, and I'm amazed to think that. But the disco album moved me. It actually had some joy to it. Whereas this, this had some high points that were worth listening to, but it didn't have as many high points as most previous Royal Blood albums. It did remind me a lot of that Tiger Cub album that we listened to earlier in the year, which also had some bangers, but a lot of dirge and a lot of emo and a lot of sort of self-wallowing misery. And I felt like these got them and Tiger Cub have become closer and closer every year. They just kind of converge into the same sound, which is not, yeah, I don't I really need two bands doing making the same noise. They can make different noises. I wonder whether it's hard to have fun being a touring band. Well, I wonder whether it's there were a lot like Triggers is an example of this. Was it? I might have been around the time of the second album or the third album. The lead singer, vocalist, songwriter had to give up the piss. And there's lots of elements of that bleeding through in the tracks on the second and the third album. And Triggers is exact is an example of that. You know, um, constantly being reminded of, of you know the fun he used to have when he was on the piss and partying and doing all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I'm not. It's, it's not like you know Chili Peppers 1991. You guys were a lot were much better songwriters when you're on the gear. But there is an element of that 
I don't want to hear the songs you're writing about how you wish you were still on the piss, but you can't handle it. I'd rather hear the songs about you being on the piss in the first place. Uh, oh, what's the band that is unequivocally sort of just talks about how much you know they're on the on the piss and on the on the drugs? Oh, I've got the chats in my head now. I mean, the chats, are, the chats are there. Fiedler and the chats are, are very blunt about how you know they have an alcohol problem yes. and all the rest of it. Um, I mean, there's lots of bands that like Steel Panther. I think we talked, we did with it when Adam was on the show. Yeah. The, the other problem I had with this album was that, is that they try to because they self produced it. They fell into that muse hole of just trying shit they're not capable of landing. Like there was one track, like track four sounded like Coldplay. Track six sounded like garbage. And by the end, there was some kind of late Beatles, early Elton John shit that they were trying to do, and it's like this. This is a yeah, long. Is- this is a long way from the self-titled debut, which was, you know, banger end to end. Um, well, and co- coherent end to end. I will agree with you there. I, I think I enjoyed it a lot more. I didn't mind that the, the, the messing around. I, I feel, yeah, when you get sort of album four, you either need to have a theme, or it, it's inevitable because you're trying to keep yourself interested. Um, I understand what you're saying. I think I like this more than the disco album, though. But it's- did you listen to the disco album this week? No, I didn't. Maybe I should. I should go. I reckon go back and revisit it because I was thinking, yeah, the fucking disco album. And I went back and went. Actually, the thing about disco is that it bangs along. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's yeah. actually, I mean, the last track sucks. It's, it's grim, but there's a couple of tracks on this album that are like that. But there's quite a lot that actually just makes you just groove along, and you're like, this is stupid. This is really dumb. But this is fun, and um, I can kind of see what Josh Hobb was doing with it. It wasn't anything good for the band, but it actually made an album that was quite interesting. Um, yeah. And it's interesting to see, like, I mean, Mob Happy's take on this is a little bit more Pink Floyd than Disco, and Tiger Cub's take is a little bit more emo. But um, but they all they're all kind of keying off the same uh, elements and, and features. Yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't mind it. I, like, oh, look, I, I'm always mostly disappointed because we're never getting another. You know, you're never getting. Yeah, it's like like, like recapturing. Though, never going to capture what they did to start with. I always come back to the prodigy, right? The the prodigy, you know, captured lightning in a bottle. It is possible. It is yeah. possible. You got to um, want to though. You got to want to, and I think they're quite happy with. And they're very different people to who they were. In or at least the lead singer is a different dude to who he was in 2013 when they when they put yeah when they committed Raw Blood's first album to to commit. It's not it's not a bad album, but it has it has some indulgences and some bit. slow yeah. patches that are that mean that you know by the standards of the previous albums, it's just not quite there. All right, well, I. Going to contractually, uh, I'm obligated that every time there is a, a band with witches in the title, which I'm pretty sure we've actually done this band's last album in one of our Witch Weeks. Which week uh, was that? So I'm going to go with the Witches. Our Which week was that? Um, the Witches with a Y, Our Guest Can't Be Named is the name of the album. Well, we, we have done them before, haven't the we? The Witches with a Y, I don't think we've done them. We've done LA Witch and we've done a variety of other ones. And um, and yeah. to make this the perfect week, I'm going to pick the new album by Frankie and the Witch Fingers. <laughs> <laughs> and we have done them before. They're like a, they're like a Californian yeah, yeah. psychedelic um, act. And I think their album was like – Fringe top five, the year that we did their yeah, album. Okay. 
I think they did an album called like People Eating Monsters Eating People or Monsters Eating People Eating Monsters or something like that. I think the album was yeah. called. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the witches with a Y. I don't think we've ever done, but I think they've been mentioned in mentioned in dispatches. Yeah, okay. Or dispatches. We're an English rock band, so how how bad can it be? I mean, it can be really yeah, bad. That covers a fair fair swathe fair swathe of the witches. Of things, but let me talk about the witches. What's the witches' story? The witches are a heavy rock band from. Brighton. <laughs> it just always comes back to fucking Brighton. We have to move to Brighton. We can't afford to live in Brighton. I've been to Brighton. Um, so, yes, the witches are from Brighton. Female singer. Yes, monochrome photos, um, and they will play some rock and or roll. It's a very rock and roll for you, though, isn't it? Shouldn't you be picking some terrible hip-hop or something? Yeah, uh, well, actually, the the thing that I'm most excited about, which is end of October, is the Kills have an album out this it's year. Been, it's been it's been a while for that fucking thing's come out, hasn't it? Yeah, That's October on- twenty seven. It's out. DJ and DJ Shadow's got one that that week as well, and Black Pumas. It's a that's well, a massive week actually. DJ Shadow has to wait for all the all the samples to be cleared first. <laughs> yeah, to clear. Um, just in that week, yeah, there's like four albums. I even think we we liked the Mountain Goats last time, didn't we? Oh, Mountain Goats. What we thought of the Mountain Goats because I get so the issues with Black Mountain and yeah, um, Black Mountain have not not really done that. Much no, and, and you were keen on the on the album that we did, and then not a lot of anything they've done subsequently. No. Um, all right, you got a Joker. I do have a Joker. I'm just going to add the uh, the the two albums, the uh, which think the which. The Witch Fingers and the Witch Album. Oh, this is all getting very confusing. So let's go back and talk about what we're going to pick. I'm going to pick, um, what if we chuck in some, in the old, the old legacy band slot? Mm. There's a new album out by Ash, who were. Yeah, I did, I did see this. I almost, yeah. I almost considered this last week. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's they, like, that's real old legacy stuff, right? Well, that's like 30 years ago. And they were fringe yeah. Brit pop because they were fringe Brit. I mean, they're from the Northern Ireland. Yeah. So they're only, they're kind of British. Um, I suppose they are technically British, but, um, I remember, I remember seeing a bit of one of their sets at Livered in like 2001 and thinking, I yeah. should have seen the rest of this set because this looked like it was a lot of fun. And that was Go From Mars, 1977 kind of era. 1977, yeah. the album, not, not the age. Um, I haven't listened to a lot of Ash apart from the, the bangers that, that we all listen to because, you know. Yeah. Alternative yeah, rock radio. I can't, can't say I can name too many deep cuts. That's for no, sure. No, I can go from Mars and, you know, there isn't a lot. There isn't a lot more, um, so I'm interested to see where they are at 30 years into their into their journey. Uh, it is very much a Joker pick, so we'll we'll kind of see what the, where they're up to. That's good because all my Joker picks were terrible fucking pop. So all my Joker picks uh, are pop. Do do all my Joker picks are pop. We, we always need a Turbo Negro reference on this podcast. Uh, and the um, Ash album has a um, very cyberpunky cover of a. A DeLorean racing away from a, uh, a kind of a, a, a very kind of cyberpunky Miami skyline kind of thing. So that's all quite good. Hey, I just, I was thinking about this, this Kills album coming out, right? And I was thinking a little bit about how much I anticipated the, uh, never anticipate anything. Thing. It's bad. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you, is there any, like, since you've been doing the pod, is there anything that, that you do like really, 
Well, if you, you see you being disappointed by albums, because um, <laughs> I, I get that regularly. I mean, I was I was looking forward to that Royal Blood because I yeah. I didn't know it was on, so I had a week to kind of, and then it was like ah, and I feel like that colours your um, your view of it. Uh, yeah, and it's very rare that an album that you anticipate pays off, unless you've decided it's going to be brilliant, uh, and which is not particularly scientific. I'd realise. Uh, it, yeah, a, so I, I'm trying hard now. Like that kills album because I don't. I'm not like a, a diehard, diehard fan. I just, I just really like the kills. I think they're cool, and, and I'm sort of like, man, this is. I hope this is a cool album. But if they it's haven't not, done an album since 2015, and we yeah, both had that in our top five of the year. And, I and was- I think I think if we if we went back now, I'd have that album much closer to number one. I don't know. Yeah, oh, we like had some good stuff. That's an album up- I, I revisit a lot. I happen to be looking at the top fives of previous the top fives from previous years. You can find on our um, uh, it'll be linked in the show notes, folks. But there's a uh, our list of of our archive of all of the albums we've listened to has a it's a basically a Google, Google sheets shit. and there's a tab that has all our, our previous top fives of previous years i was looking at it to remind myself whether frankie and the witch fingers was actually a top five album of the year that, that it was in but um yeah i don't know I, i'd go back and, and often i go back and i go i'm surprised that was there because a lot of it doesn't age as well as you think it will but i reckon no. if i went back and listened to all those albums i might end up still coming to the same well, yeah, we did structure because there, there was some crap on those. There was some crap on those. Yeah, oh, we did our our top our top albums of the last ten years. Yeah. I feel like that was at the turn of the decade, because um, uh, there was like at that stage there was about five years that were in podcast period and five years that were outside podcast period. Yeah, just looking at my number ones. Yeah. I don't think I, I. I think I really still like all of my number ones. Well, I'm pretty sure you probably had like Chemical Brothers in in 2015. No, it, it would have been Chemical Brothers number one. Oh, Pro- yeah, Chemical Brothers Prodigy was number, the first one. Prodigy number two. Two. Um, oh, and then you would have had. I think it was probably Alabama Shakes and some other stuff in there. Holy yeah, Holy, 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 which, Holy Holy was my number four album. They just brought an album out. I have not listened to it at all. Yeah, we talked about it the other week. I think that that was that was the year that you that you were you know it wasn't you, you liked it, but you weren't like frothing over it yeah. when we recorded the episode. But then when you, I think your wife had played that one into yes. into um uh it, it, <laughs> she she got the assist on that one. She played a lot of passes so they could they could knock knock a few goals in. And then that that insane Muse album, which I think is just a, an amazing yeah. artifact. I, I just think it, it's like the the perfect um, Venn diagram of the Muse being good and Muse Muse being insane. Yeah, it's a top specimen for what happens when like you can when you have no grown ups in the room. Yeah, you you had it five. Ash and Ice, you had it five. I had it four. You had it four. Yeah, it was it was the only. I think it was the only it's album yeah. between that we had in common. I think I had some ratbag kiwi punk. I'm always yeah. good for one pick that I cannot justify subsequently. And I think the ratbag <laughs> New Zealand punk band, the Cavemen. I think we've got a new album out pretty soon. Um, but they are not dissimilar to Coffin in style and approach. Yep. So I I'm always a, I'm always a sucker for obnoxious violence. Uh, when it comes it's to music, a, it's an interesting top five that year: Black Mountain, Honey Blood, Skepta, The Kills, and AB Original. <laughs> that's that's 2016, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not exactly, not exactly a thematically. Uh, We're gonna um, need some more AB Original if this fucking 
referendum goes tits up. This yeah, is yeah. that that Primus album, uh, Dizzy Rascal. I don't know. The, I don't know if I've listened to that album since that Rascal. I don't know whether I've. Oh, that was not. I remember it being pretty well rounded because he was sing- he was yeah. doing he was doing love songs and he was doing songs about the Grenfell Tower and he was he was doing all kinds of bits and pieces and it was I re- that was my takeaway was that it wasn't one note he was trying a lot of stuff and most of it came off. Damn, two thousand eighteen was not a bad not a bad year at the top. Alien Weaponry, The Prodigy, and The Next Man that was a good year. Yeah. That look, to be honest, they've all been pretty fucking good years. Fun fact: uh, one of my uh, one of the Moto, the MotoGP podcasts I listen to, uh, their their theme song was written for them by a bloke from the Next Men who's a fan. Yeah. So, so it's got a very fucking uh, a fucking reggae dub intro music. Oh, that's an album I haven't listened to for a while. The Pack AD. Oh, those Canadian chicks. Yeah. And then the Bobby Lees was Bobby number Lees. five, man. That'd be much higher now. That would be much higher. I don't higher know. Now, I guess, although, although Skin Suit was a really good album. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just, I just think my tastes have changed enough that that would be, that would be, I would be a much. I'll be interested to see at the end of the year whether we do have another convergence because last year was the first year in a long time we had similar picks and we, it was certainly the first time we picked, we had exactly the same number one and the same number two. And I wonder whether whether it's we're going to have more or fewer consensus I picks. Not, I do not think this year has had a uh, a big standout. I think I, I don't. Th- I, I, I think there's I think been a the lot of good. Best album of this year would be would just crack my top five of last year. I think there's last been a, there's been a lot of good. I'm not sure there's been a lot of great. Yes. Like there's a lot of stuff that I'll, I'll go back and I'll go. Fuck, that was a good album. I really enjoyed that, but I'm not sure any of it was. Uh, par- certainly, it was on paradigm in cha- shifting, or it hasn't changed the my attitude to music, or hasn't made me dig out new stuff. It's been, hey, that that fucking that was a really good version of, of a genre I already know, knew I enjoy. See, see, even that Herm- Hermanos Gutierrez album, like, that comes up on a, a random playlist for me every now and again, and I just like I. Don't know whether I enjoy music too too much more music more than I enjoy listening to that album. It's something I. It's like a warm bath. You sort of sink yourself into that music. Like I, I know there's no vocals, but it's just so immersive. Especially anything with good speakers, headphones or good speakers. In fact, oh, I'm going to play that in the car tomorrow to see what you really give the speakers a test. I just. Bezo has a new just, car and he keeps banging on about how good the stereo is. It's it's punishing. Well, that's not, it's not so much how good the stereo is. It's the stereo is. And he has a stereo. On a bog standard Triton. He doesn't have to put one of those tapes in with the cord on it so he can play his CDs. It's coming out of it. Yeah, pretty much, pretty close, pretty close by the end of it. Um. Uh. Yeah. I. That, that was a that was a good year last year. They're all like, good I, years. I, I, I They're good years, Bront. That dropped out. That was, I know that was sort of late Black Keys, but man, that was a good album too. Yeah, they do. They do well. I mean, Dan Auerbach's been doing some interesting. St- I mean, has his fingers in a lot of pies, but I mean, a lot of the stuff we've listened to him doing recently has been has been worth worth the journey. Yeah, whether it's did, I mean, you, you enjoy the shit out of that. Have that- an album b- between two thousand and fifteen and then. Who did? Sorry, did 
Did the Black Keys not have an album between 2015 and 2021? Yep, and they didn't have an album between 2011 and 2015 either. So they they kind of went into semi semi retirement. Retirement. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Hmm. That's interesting. That's that's a a fascinating document. That our top fives. It really is. Uh, To us, at least. it, it was an interesting yeah, history, yeah, history of the last the last eight years. Like, if you just gave that list to someone who doesn't listen to much new music and said, "Here, listen to all these albums," they would look at all these albums. What seventy four albums and go, "What? I'm not listening to seventy four new albums." Like, but these are these are really good albums. You could, if you were on a desert island with these albums, you would not be unhappy. You can build a boat uh, out of them and sail home. Yeah, that's true. But let's so, not mention the Desert Island Discs episode because we no, there was no, much there was much unpleasantness. Well, everyone's choices are, are valid and worthwhile, even yeah. those who listen to shit music. You know who you are. All right, Doc. Always good to chat to you. And you, my oh, son. We'll catch and you, you next week. Yes, we'll, we'll be back uh, next week. And, and no, some, novel concept. Some we'll, ash. We'll get we'll get two 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 weeks in a row for once. Yes. Yeah, has not been much of a role this year, that's for sure. No, well, we're, as I said, as I've said previously, it's the off season. Uh, we're, yep. we're not we're not playing back to backs, but uh, we will start playing back to backs once the uh, the NBA is back. Uh, but we're back next week, and then um, you've got a couple of weeks off, potentially with with uh, other uh, other shouting at people commitments, and uh, and then essentially from November on, back in the game. All right, I'll catch you later, Doc. Cheers. That's our show for tonight. Thanks for your company. I'm Ryan Phelan. Have a great week. See you soon. Major, major sausage that is. Look at the state of it.